This is This Week Above the Fold, your new weekly source of e-commerce news in seven minutes or less, covered by leaders in the digital commerce industry. Today is January 25th. I'm Emma Irwin. I have Danny Hoffman, Associate Director of Client Services at Flywheel Digital here with me. Today, we're going to cover big tech layoffs, the launch of Walmart business, and a major government surveillance program facing big questions for the future. For story number one, big tech layoffs. We've seen layoffs from Google, Microsoft, Amazon, and beyond. What does this mean? Okay, so I a little bit of preceding for the other stories we're going to talk about today, Emma. These all flow together, so they're going to sound a little disjointed, but I promise we'll connect them. So layoffs are are the big story. Anyone who has been aware of the industry right now is very aware of layoffs and the implication. And I mean, I could read the full list to you at this point, but it's Spotify, 6% of workforce, Wayfair, 10% of workforce, Meta, 11,000 people, Amazon, 18,000 people. Last week, Google, 12,000 people. Currently, layoffs over the last couple of months have exceeded, in tech specifically, tech layoffs have exceeded the total for 2021 and I think the first half of 2022 as well, just over the last month. So it's been pretty significant. Obviously, this is a given pain point for a lot of these employees too, but it has a lot of implications in terms of what we're starting to see manifest in the larger industry, um, especially in the in the tech sphere. And so what does this all actually mean? So in addition to it being profit focused, the other thing that it could mean for vendors and people who sell on platforms like Amazon or Walmart or anywhere where there's kind of full touch is this could impact your relationship with retailers too. So thinking about this as Amazon-centric for a moment, what does laying off 18,000 people mean? It potentially means they're going to be coming and asking for money from you if you sell on their platform. And so JBPs could be something where you're going to end up seeing a larger push toward profit and revenue aggregation from a lot of these retailers. Do you think there's potential for there to really be a world of big tech one day that has more players than just these few big ones we hear about and kind of use every day? It's a really interesting question. So one of the debates that's kind of happening in the industry right now is with all of these layoffs, what does it mean for innovation? The debate is, and you kind of look at companies like Apple who actually haven't really had any layoffs and continue to innovate well, but for companies like Google who are currently being threatened by open AI, for companies like Amazon, they're currently being threatened by everyone who wants to sell things out of their back door. It's really kind of fascinating. And this actually ties to story number two, which we'll get into in a second about specifically about Amazon's layoffs. But in Andy Jassy's sealed and unsealed letter to the workforce about layoffs, he was talking about what are some of the things that Amazon's going to likely push into and what are they going to walk away from? This is basically a chance for a lot of these big companies to right size their P&L but maybe it means that they walk away from some of their bigger bets or risks that they were otherwise taking that they had sunk dollars into. And you led me there, but let's move into story number two, which is the launch of Walmart Business. And that is to help save business and nonprofit customers time, money and hassle per the Walmart press release. Why is Walmart doing this? I think this is fascinating. And I think this is really fascinating with certain context. So I'm going to read a quick excerpt from Amazon's letter to some of its employees during layoffs. And then you could probably see the tie together and why I picked this one. So skimming ahead through this letter, but role reductions are one of several steps we're taking to lower costs to serve, blah, blah, blah. And by approving our cost structure, we are also able to continue investing meaningfully in big growth areas such as grocery, Amazon business, buy with prime and healthcare. 
that's really interesting that Amazon business was one of the things that is specifically noted as one of the four categories of potential growth for Amazon coming out of layoffs. And then within roughly the same several week period, Walmart says, we're also going to be leaning into business. And just a couple weeks ago, when tasked, and this is actually going to lead into story number three, when Martin Sorrell was asked, what does Facebook need to do? or meta in order to kind of right size its ad business. He was also talking about its B2B or business marketplace also. So kind of fascinating that everyone's sort of talking about the same thing here. We're going into story number three. Truly interesting one, in my opinion. But now that it's 2023, a major secretive U.S. government surveillance program is under question, specifically Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. What in the world does this have to do with e-com? Yes. Okay. So I really love this one. Section 702 is basically, so, so currently Congress is debating whether or not this is something we want to pass. It's F-I-S-A is the acronym for it. But essentially what this is, is this is on paper, can the government surveil without warrant? And surveillance includes things like tracking email and tracking phone calls, um, signals intelligence. And the purpose for a lot of this intelligence for our government agencies is to prevent significant threats to our country in terms of um, potential terrorist plots, in terms of being able to track and mine data uh, on foreign entities. There are specific provisions within this that I think are maybe not as fully understood about is this specific to U.S. citizens or not. It is not. U.S. citizens, and there are protections against that. But this is something the ACLU has gotten involved in, and it's really sparked a lot of debate. So obviously, our intelligence community, including the FBI and the CIA, NSA, all very firmly believe this is something we should be doing. But do the U.S. citizens want to be tracked? And this is the tie back to e-com is do U.S. citizens want to be tracked? I think we'll actually learn a lot about what happens with Section 702 and what it means for us as entities that are potentially also tracking as it relates to advertising. And it kind of feeds into AMC, clean rooms, ties back to Meta's advertising performance and a lot of the opt-in, opt-out options that are happening, the cookie-less world. It all sort of comes together in the same story. And so I thought this one was kind of fascinating to bring up here. And this is a meta question, no pun intended, but what would happen if all digital advertising became opt-in? So I think you've actually seen it happen with Facebook being the example. But when there was this shift toward opt-in, you actually saw Facebook's advertising and Meta's advertising decelerate pretty significantly. So we'll, we'll see what ends up happening over time, but we're already in the middle of kind of this example of what does this look like? And consumers are becoming smarter. They're becoming more aware of advertising. And we see it actually manifest a lot in terms of the decisions they make of what they're willing to click on and what revenue is able to be driven as it relates to advertising for a lot of companies that do advertise and do track and try to measure and find efficiencies. Okay, last question for you. What is the most, I think I know the answer, but what is the most interesting story in your opinion? Oh, I love the Section 702 story. It has all of the juicy things that you would want from any good news story. It has drama. It has public appeal. It relates to multiple industries. It's about national security. Who really even knows? But to me, that's my favorite. I think all of these tie together really well, though. There's a lot of really interesting things I think we'll see over the next couple of months for all of these. And that's it for this week's e-commerce news. Tune in next week for three more headlines we think belong above the fold, digested for you by our essential digital commerce experts. I'm Emma Irwin, Senior Editor and Specialist at Essential. See you next time. 